Well, good evening, everyone. Glad you are with us. I've got really, really, thank you, Pastor Ethan, really, really, really terrific news for you tonight. God loves you deeply. God loves you immensely. The right word to describe God's love for you is not yet in the English vocabulary. God loves you. God loves you. Saturday, a week ago, I got up in the morning and as I normally do, I went for a walk. I walked pathways of North Saskatoon. And I have a favorite bench where I stop and, and I pray the scriptures. And that morning I sat down on my favorite bench and right in front of me on the pathway was a seven foot heart done in blue, dark blue, bright blue chalk that said, God loves you. And I sat there and felt like God was speaking to me personally as I read the word of God and looked at this huge heart staring at me saying, God loves you. Tonight I want to declare it clearly to every one of you. God loves you deeply. And I think beyond that, I have some important instruction as well from God's word. is the most important and significant thing, the most significant relationship in your life is with the God who loves you deeply. And so tonight we look at sermon number five, the final sermon in our 2021 Summer Psalter series. If you were to open your Bible tonight, and I would encourage you to do that, it's a good idea. And if you were to go to Psalm 107, you would find at the top of Psalm 107, these words, this title, Book 5, Psalm 107. I, I'm not making this up tonight. Uh, book 5. Psalm 107, the psalm, the Psalter, is made up of five books. And if you get into this fifth book, and should be the next slide already, I think. If you get into this book five and you go to Psalm 139, uh, rather than Psalm 137, as the slide says, you'll get to the psalm that we're looking at uh, this evening, the psalm written by David. 
This psalm is not a theological dissertation. This isn't somebody trying to prove some theological point. This is a psalm of a man who's writing from his heart because he deeply loves God. He's in love with God so, so much. And I tell you, I've wrestled with this psalm this week because I could preach three hours on it. I could probably preach three years on it. I know I don't have that opportunity. So much in here. But I want to talk to you tonight about the reality that the God who loves you is a personal God. The God who loves you is a personal God. Let's just pray one more time and ask Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, I simply invite your presence in this sanctuary now. I invite him to come and give everyone this deep assurance, reassurance, fresh understanding of your great love for them. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, Wonderful are your works. The works of God are wonderful, but sometimes I think when we think about that, we think, yeah, they are wonderful. I've been to the Rocky Mountains. They're really, really beautiful. I... uh, I have seen a blue jay, and what a beautiful bird. I've seen uh, God's creation all over the place. Wonderful are God's works. And all true. But what you need to understand is God made all of these things. The water, and the land, and the prairies, and the mountains. The birds, the creatures, God made them for you. God made them for you. Wonderful are his works, but his works are driven out of his ultimate creation, the creation of man and the creation of women, that they would have this wonderful life that he had planned for them. Romans 11, verse 36, just the first part, says this, For from him and through him and to him are all things. Everything that exists comes from God's creative hand. All things, all things are made by him. All things. How wonderful are his works. Psalm 139, let's just look at it quickly here. Uh, Verses uh, 1 to 5, we get this revelation of, of God's concern for us. Wonderful Lord, you have tested me. Did you catch that? Who's God watching? Who's he looking at? Who's he observing? He's observing you. 
You know all about me. God is a personal God. You know when I sit down and you know when I get up. You know my thoughts from far away. God knows your thoughts before you've even thought your thoughts. Personal God knows where you go. He knows when you lie down. God knows everything you do. He's a personal God. God is intimately, deeply concerned about you. He knows what you want to say even before the words leave your mouth. He's all around you, in front of you, and behind you. And if you'll just be sensitive today, he even has his hand on your shoulder. God is a personal God. I read through Psalm 139 this morning, and as I read through it, I counted all the references to me, my, and I. And in, the, in this chapter, there's 48 references to, to you, to me, to God's personal concern for us. God is a personal God. And hear me loudly, hear me clearly tonight. God loves you. God cares for you. God cares for you deeply. Fascinating. There is never a split part of a second, never a, milli, a millisecond in which God is not thinking about me. I am on God's mind all the time. And this gets even more amazing when you think that somehow in the midst of that, God is always thinking and never has his mind off the person on, off the person who's sitting on your right, too. Not only is God's mind always on me, God's mind is on the person who's sitting on your right, and God's mind is on the person who's sitting on your left, and he never stops thinking about them. Matter of fact, there's not a person in this sanctuary tonight that God ever stops thinking about. Ever. 7.9 billion people in the world, and God gives them his undivided attention. Every moment of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Well, I can't believe that. Doesn't make sense. Well, if you can figure out your God, you don't have the true God yet. This great, big, almighty God cares about you as a person and loves you deeply. You matter to God. So we had our biggest staff meeting of the year last Thursday. We do it once a year. And I led the staff in some thoughts out of Colossians chapter 1. 
And while we were chatting and visiting over the lunch hour, uh, I was told my sister wants me to call her. I called her. And she said, John, Dad passed away at 12.30. It was 20 to 1. I had thought about what would happen when, when Dad leaves. Donna and I have now lost all of our parents in the last two and a half years or so. How do you handle it? Well, the truth of the matter is it hurts. There's pain. But the bigger truth, the bigger truth is the peace is a hundred times bigger than the pain. It's the presence of God. God's hand rests upon our shoulders as we walk through these things. It's a deeply personal God. We don't walk through anything alone. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. The dad uh, who raised me was really a guy who was driven by two things, his love for God and his faith and his love for his family. His love for God was, was deep. He learned it from his parents. None of us dreamt when dad was raising us that inside dad there was an author. And he wrote this book, My Life on the Homestead. Good read. Matter of fact, it's such a good read that the Alberta government somehow got their hands on it and put it on their list of recommended reading for social study classes for kids in grade seven to nine. He tells this story in the book. Our youngest brother, Ben, was an infant when he got pneumonia. Father was away in Bruderheim. That means nothing to you, but it was a long ways away working in the harvest. Things were different back then than they are now. There was no doctor nearby, and if you could find a doctor nearby, there certainly was no drugstore. So Mom gathered us together. And she told us, Ben is dying. He can't breathe. He turned blue from a lack of oxygen. Mother said we needed to pray for God to heal him. 
Our prayers were intense. God was our only hope. Ben instantly started to breathe. And that ends the paragraph with this. Ben instantly started to breathe and has kept on breathing for the past 70-some years. It's the presence of God. We run to so many places, friends, for help and strength and encouragement. But I want you to hear me clearly tonight. There's no one who loves you more than he loves you. And he's right with you all of the time. God loves you. God loves me deeply. And no matter what your circumstance is, a little baby who stopped breathing, finances that are in a dreadful place, a need for peace in the midst of the storm, the need, to God, need for God to reach down and heal your home. He is there. And he cares. And he cares. Psalm 139. Um, and uh, verse number, where are you going to take me here? Verse 14. I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> um, some of you are under the mistaken conviction that you are the result of some biological interaction between a sperm and an egg. God uses that, but God has been intimately involved in your life right from conception, and he's been forming you, and he's been making you right from the beginning. God is intimately involved in your life. He's a personal God. He cares about you. He loves you. We meet for prayer at 9.45 in the sanctuary summer. We are doing it Wednesday to Friday. Before that, we are doing it Monday to Friday. And in the process of that, Marina, wave at me, Marina, bless you. 
introduced me to a translation of scripture called the easy to read version. I just told you what verse 14 says. Let's look at verse number 13 now. You formed the way I think and feel. You put me together in my mother's womb. God has made you who you are. And he just didn't say, you're going to be five foot two and you're going to be six foot three. God was involved in forming you right in the innermost part of your being, in the inner man, that part of you that feels and thinks, and he made you the way you are. And you ought to appreciate the way God made you. Some of you are raising kids and you say, oh, I just wish they would stop feeling so much. Feelings, 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 feelings. Some of you look at another one of your child children and say, boy, doesn't that guy ever feel anything? God, in his designing of us, formed the way we think and we feel. And in his wisdom, he made some of you feelers, and we love you. And he made some of you thinkers, and we love you too. And then he made some of you what seems to be the perfect balance, and we put up with you. <laughs> God's the one who's designed every part of you, every element of you. God loves you intimately. God cares about you personally. And he's the one who from the beginning from the beginning has been forming you. Worship band, come along. I, I, I want us to get this in our soul tonight. God loves us deeply. God loves you deeply. And none of you, in case mommy told you this, are an accident. God's planned for you from the beginning of time. Got a great, wonderful personal God. So what should our response be? We're going to partake in communion together. I'm going to come back in a while and talk about that, but our response to this wonderful God who loves us so deeply should be one of praise. What does David say is the right response to the reality of God's deep intimate care and concern for us. He says, well, I praise you. I praise you. I want us to stand across this sanctuary. If you're listening online, so glad you're with us. Why don't you find a way to praise him now? Thank God, everyone standing, please. Thank God 
for his deep love for you. God doesn't love your grandpa and your grandma. Oh, yeah, he does, but he loves you just as much. God loves you. Let's rejoice in that wonderful reality tonight. Dad was very weak. But other than a lot of weakness there, there was no indication that he was going to pass away on Thursday. Donna maybe was more sensitive to what was going on than any of us, but whenever he got called to the hospital, he just left. Just left. And he was ushered. heaven and if I know my dad I hear people talking about getting to heaven and I hear them say they can't wait to see so-and-so or so-and-so. Well, and no offense here, but at some point, I want to visit some of you. But ultimately, the one we owe our life to, the one who's given us salvation, is Almighty God and He loves us deeply. He will have been the faithful one, the unchanging one your entire life. And friends, you need to be concerned if when you walk through the pearly gates, there's a bunch of people you want to see before you see Him. David looks at everything God has done for him and says, I will praise Him. I will praise him. You may be seated. There's more to share with you from Psalm 139, and, and I'm going to try to do it here. The chapter starts with, with this phrase in the English Standard Version, O Lord, you have searched me. The Amplified Version says, O oh Lord, you have searched me thoroughly. There's different words used in different translations. The Common English Bible 
says this to us. Next slide. Uh, there we are. Lord, you have examined me. God searches us. God examines us. The complete Jewish Bible says, Lord, you have probed me. You ever been to the doctors and they've probed you? God examines us. God searches us. God probes us. Complete, oh, sorry, uh, century incomplete. Contemporary, that's what it is. Contemporary English version. Why am I struggling with that? I read it more than any version. You've looked deep into my heart. God searches us, examines us, probes us looks deep into our hearts easy to read version you've tested me friends god loves you the amazing thing about that is god knows absolutely everything about you he's examined you he's tested you he's probed you And he still loves you. Still loves you. In all of his knowledge, he loves us deeply. Never stops loving us. A.W. Tozer said this, what a person thinks about God is the most important thing about them. I don't know what you have, I think Pastor Yasmin made mention this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what you think of when you think of God, but I'd invite you today to think of a God who loves you deeply. God who loves you deeply. What you think about God, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. So we're confronted with two choices in this chapter. And the first choice, two very different choices is to number one, choose to ignore and reject God. Verses 20 and 21, David's, David's talking about people like that. They speak against God, verse 20, with malicious intent. They take God, God's name, God's name in vain. They hate you, Lord, verse 21. You can choose to ignore and reject God. You can choose to loathe him. You can do that if you want. 
but in the end you won't win you'll lose and will have been the dumbest decision of your life and when you stand before him you won't be able to say well God you never loved me because God has loved everyone God so loved the world God loves you deeply God lives loves the 7.9 billion people in the world today deeply or you can make a second choice and this is the better one you can choose to enjoy and embrace God you can choose to enjoy and embrace God my dad was really my pastor all my life really the only pastor I've ever had other than during my Bible college years or one of his good friends was my pastor I heard dad preach more than I've heard anybody preach in my life dad would occasionally tell the story of how he came to Christ I have trouble picturing this in all honesty but he talks about how as a teenager in his late teens he'd begun to think he was smarter than his dad and his mom and didn't really need God picture of my dad as a teenager some point Drisner's had hair where you most of us lose it He began to run from God and dabble in things he knew was wrong. But one night there was a special speaker in the church in Newbrook, Alberta, and he went to church, went to the church that his dad had helped build. preacher gave an altar call it was a lady preacher three cheers for women and he came forward and gave his life to Christ and never looked back spent the rest of his life embracing and enjoying God moving where he asked him to move arranging his finances with eternity in mind seeking first the kingdom of God and Thursday he <laughs> got to grow into the throne room of grace and join the angels singing holy 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 Lord God Almighty
God searches you, God examines you. He still loves you. All he asks, friends, all he asks back from you is love me back, please. Love me back. The thing that stuck out, stuck out the most to me in this chapter, as I've been studying it the last couple of weeks, is the start and the end. Verse number one. Verse number one says, O Lord, you have searched me. Verse number 23 says, search me. We move from past tense to present tense. We move from what was done to what needs to be done now. What God did to present tense. table tonight and it's an imaginary table but we go around the table and we'll drink together we'll eat together but it's really meant to be a time of examination here's my observation of late 20th century and early 21st century Christianity we don't do much examining. We don't take many deep looks at ourselves. Probably a reason for that. The probing hurts. So we let the sin and rebellion and bad attitudes and spiritual sickness just continue. But I invite us tonight as we prepare to drink of the cup and eat of the bread and kids are gonna come join us in a while and partake communion with us. I invite us to invite the Holy Spirit to examine us. Second Corinthians 13 and verse number five, test yourselves. We don't do much of that. <laughs> Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fail the test, allow the Spirit of God to examine you today. Are you where you should be with him? Are you embracing him and enjoying him or are you rejecting him? And then when going around the table and drinking the bread, drinking the cup and eating the bread, Paul says this to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is the instruction. I do not praise you because you've come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part, I believe it. 
then it goes on and goes on and he says to us, guys, don't think that's okay. Let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself before he eats and before he partakes. Verses 27 and 28. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself and then eat bread and drink the cup. As Ashley continues to, uh, to play, I want us to have a bit of a salah moment here, a moment of thought. Verses 23 and 24, God's word calls us to four things. Examine me, Lord. Test me. See me. Lead me. Would you just with eyes open but prayerful heart spend two or three minutes allowing God to talk to you let him examine you in those four things let the Holy invite the Holy Spirit to examine you to search you and then we'll come back and prepare to eat and drink together
let's stand. Every one of us has two choices. Let's bow our heads as Ashley continues to play. can choose to enjoy and embrace God, friends. It's the best way to live. Makes life down here just so abundant, so full, so complete. And it provides an abundant entrance into eternity. Or you can live... Uh, Rejecting God, loathing God, thinking, I, I know the Bible says that, but, but we don't do that that way anymore in the 21st century. <laughs> now, we, we can't live like that. We have to embrace him and his ways. Maybe you're here to tonight, today, and you'd say, Pastor John, uh, thank you for the reminder that God loves me deeply tonight, and he does. He loves you deeply. But maybe you're here and you'd say, uh, I've never really, I've never really, kids are coming back, just, uh, expect them to come in. I've never really made the determined decision to love God with everything I've got for the rest of my life. I've just never really made that decision to love God, live for God that way. And tonight you'd say, I want to change that. I am making the decision this evening to love God, to embrace him entirely and completely. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to make the decision. Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Father, we embrace you tonight. We embrace your love for us. We embrace you. We embrace your love for us. And we offer our worship to you now with great, great thankfulness and great joy. Receive our praise in Jesus' name. Amen.